Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Atlanta violence, explosives, broke windows at businesses, classified documents. President made the comment, there's no there there. There's no there there. <laughs> it's unbelievable how this could happen. Totally irresponsible. Inform the public. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. When you found out that the FBI had located even more classified materials in Wilmington, which four-letter word did you use? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Peter. Um, Uh, President Biden is still intending to run for re-election in 2024, right? Uh, I'll just repeat what the president said after the midterm election, which is he intends to run. I'm going to be very careful from here. Poor Corinne Jean-Pierre. At least she can laugh. Peter Ducey asked her the question. At least she can laugh. That's probably the first time she's laughed at the podium for a long, long time. How many ways can she say that the president takes classified documents very seriously. Uh, after Peter Ducey asked that question, he also asked a follow-up question. Is the Biden, is President Biden involved in a cover-up, which seems to be a pretty reasonable question to ask. He takes it very seriously. They found more documents over the weekend. You know, it was interesting when Donald Trump was first accused and when, the, when they found the very first documents at the Penn Center for Joe Biden, You know, one of the first things they said, well, this was just one document. Donald Trump had multiple documents. Um, Well, (laughs) uh, who has more documents now? And certainly who has more documents in a variety of places than Joe Biden? But uh, another uh, journalist, Phil Wegman, asked, when you in the White House and the president all say that the president takes these classified documents very seriously. What would you point us to to demonstrate that seriousness? Crickets <laughs> from KJP. Uh, more non-answers. Uh, that's all she can give. Oh he, oh, he takes it very seriously. Oh, yeah, very, very seriously. Uh, you know, the only question is who is... Who is going after Joe? That's that's still we know he's guilty. Uh, we know he's corrupt. I mean, it's a long, long list. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if this was Donald Trump who had done all this stuff? Can you imagine the outrage from the mainstream media? Well, you know, and interestingly, even even MSNBC got in on it. Which, again, you know, I think that's the strongest evidence that this is coming from the left, that Joe is being set up. Now, whether or not they want to get him out of the office, now, I doubt. I think they just want to make sure that he doesn't run for re-election. So it's, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't appear to be a real friendly territory for Joe. And if Joe goes down, they'll be happy, d- depending on how bad they want to take Joe out. And how bad they want to make he and the whole family look. I mean, if this is just, if they really want to make him look like uh, he is just a a traitor to the United States, then uh, they will probably go after Hunter as well. But uh, 
Chris, get ready with uh, cut one. This is uh, MSNBC from earlier today. And uh, they were speaking to the White House counsel spokesperson, Ian Sams, who, um, uh, again, this was on the Morning Joe program. And, uh, and, and again, I'm taking this from some reliable news sources, more than one that have said, and MSNBC, now whether or not they were speaking figuratively or literally, I think it was literal that they have asked this guy 34 different times the same question, and they keep getting a non-answer. Cut one. How could this happen? And do you agree having classified documents outside of where they should be is a serious issue? Yeah, look, the president takes this very seriously, as you heard him say multiple times in the last week. And, you know, I understand the question about how this happened. And I think it's really important to understand that's exactly the type of thing a Justice Department investigation would be looking at. And so when you appropriately believe in the independence of a Justice Department to be able to conduct investigations free from undue influence and interference that this president has committed going all the way back to the campaign, you know, that is why we're deferring to the Justice Department to answer some of these questions. They're going to be tasked with finding all the facts, putting it all together, understanding exactly what happened, asking the questions. That's appropriate. That's why we're fully cooperating, to understand how this happened. And the president is giving them access to what they need to answer. Does the DOJ need to tell the president why the president has classified documents in his home? I don't understand that. Well, Joe, I understand the question, and I think that it's really just gets to the heart of the matter. The DOJ is the one who's tasked with finding out all the facts here. Yeah, I understand the question. I just ain't going to answer it. He continued to say that. I understand. He went on to say, I understand that there's a desire for the public disclosure of information and there's a desire for the facts to come out. But it's important that the full set of facts be gathered by the Department of Justice and to be presented publicly so people, American people, can understand all these details. Uh, that is the job of an independent, strong Justice Department. <laughs> How this guy could say that with a straight face is beyond me. You're going to tell me that Merrick Garland's Justice Department is independent, transparent. Oh, yeah, they don't have anything to do with Joe. Oh, do you think Joe and America have gotten something uh, going there? Oh, of course not. They're totally independent. And the FBI is too. I mean, it is laughable. But that's their excuse. Oh, we can't talk. We can't, oh, we can't listen. We shouldn't say anything about this because there's a, this is, you know, let the Justice Department do their job. We're, uh, we're taking this very seriously. But remember, uh, were they talkative when it was Donald Trump under the gun? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was guilty as charged. You're, yeah, I mean, you know, only too happy to talk then. I mean, you know, he just, you know, Joe just immediately came out and said, oh, I can't believe that how irresponsible this is. Oh, my gosh. In other words, when he came out and said, oh, how irresponsible this is, he was always oh, guilty. Oh, he took these items. And I mean, Donald Trump, it was a total setup. And Joe Biden might be a total setup as well, except the people that are setting him up are the people that uh, want to see Joe get the adios. Uh, poor Jean-Pierre. I, I guess it serves her right. I mean, if you're going to work for a skunk, you're going to get some stink on you. 
Carolina Journal, along with other media outlets, is reporting on North Carolina State Auditor Beth Wood. She released a statement today apologizing for a hit-and-run accident back in December that resulted in her state-owned vehicle partially sitting on top of another parked car. Both of these were fairly small cars. Um, She said the accident occurred on uh, December the 8th at the intersection of Salisbury and Hargett Streets in downtown Raleigh. Uh, Wood is a Democrat. Yeah, I, I know very little about her. I have people, uh, I know people that I respect who says she's a hard worker and uh, she's a good individual. Uh, she has a court appearance this Thursday, the 26th. Uh, she said, on, and this, this is the statement she released earlier today. Now, initially she just said, I'm going to refer you to my attorney. Uh, uh, someone obviously has been saying, you better say something. This isn't looking good. She said, the released statement says, on the evening of December 8th, 2022, I attended a holiday gathering in downtown Raleigh. I was at the event for approximately two hours. When I left, I made a sharp right turn and inadvertently hit a parked car. <laughs> Let's go on the Carolina Journal I'm sorry to be laughing at this, uh, Beth, but, uh, you know, the, the way that description makes it sound like eh, a little fender bender. The car was sitting on top of another car. When I left, I made a sharp, sharp right turn and inadvertently hit a parked car. I was shaken up by the incident. And when I was unable to move my vehicle, I left the scene. That was a serious mistake and I regret my decision. The next morning, I notified State Motor Fleet Management that I was involved in an accident and was subsequently was cited by police for unsafe movement and for failing to provide my name and other information to the owner of the car or a law enforcement officer. I sincerely regret my actions. I will continue to cooperate with law enforcement. I have served the people of North Carolina as their state auditor since 2009. I made a mistake in judgment on December the 8th, but I am committed to continuing to perform my duties with the same emergency, I'm sorry, energy, this is an emergency, and determination I am known for. I apologize to the owner of the car. I hit my staff and uh, and all I serve for leaving the scene of the accident. I apologize. Uh, I have learned from this mistake and I'm fully accepting personal responsibility for my actions uh, by that, I assume she means she's going to make the individual whole whose car she hit. Uh, Republicans have uh, called for her to resign. There's actually a billboard that's up in uh, Youngsville, North Carolina. I don't know why they picked Youngsville, but uh, rather humorous billboard in a hit and run need help. Call 1-800-RESIGN. <laughs> Uh, The Raleigh News and Observer reported today that Woods spokesperson Lane Rosen has resigned. Rosen said his resignation was already planned and unrelated to the accident, according to the News and Observer. However, um, they go on to say uh, Rosen posted a now-deleted video on his TikTok account in which he announced he was quitting his job Come with me to quit my state government job working as a communication specialist for an elected official who just got charged with misdemeanor hit and run, Rosen said. Doesn't sound like Rosen is on uh, very good, uh, happy terms with his uh, former boss. Um, 
today, a spokesperson a person for Roy Cooper said that he has not communicated with Wood about all this. A uh, spokesperson for Josh Stein uh, found, said he found out about the incident through media reports. Wood, Cooper, and Stein are all Democrats. This was a troubling incident, and the governor is glad that the auditor has addressed it publicly, said Sam Chan, Cooper's press secretary. The government has not communicated with it about her. Uh, there's an investigation, a court proceeding that's going on, and he believes it's appropriate for that to proceed. Gee, that sounds like members of the Biden administration when it comes to uh, Cousin Eddie's misfiling of classified information. Yeah, we need to play it out. Yeah, just let it play out. You know, let the DOJ do their job. Yeah, let the let the courts do their job. Um, because this matter is being handled by local law enforcement and the local district attorney, our office and the attorney general have no involvement and we're unable to comment further, said a Stein spokesperson. Uh, I would say that uh, Stein and Cooper are pretty much saying, Beth, you're on your own, sugar. <laughs> Good luck. We ain't helping you out. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can, you know, I, I, I don't want to assume anything. But connect the dots. You're at a holiday party and you walk away from the scene of the crime because you said you were shaken. Well, it wasn't a crime, but walk away from the scene of the accident, uh, figuratively speaking. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if you look at uh, the Biden administration, if you look at Hunter Biden and what he's gotten away with, this is small potatoes for, for Beth Wood, Right. So do we just pretend it didn't happen like the, they do with the Biden administration? We've got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about on this Monday edition of News and Views. What are your thoughts? 561-8255. We'll be right back. Shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 23 minutes past the top of the hour, and uh, it is January the 23rd. It was this day, right, 50 years ago, that uh, Roe v. Wade was uh, put into... Uh, well, the opinion by the Supreme Court, or they didn't make a law, but there was a, their opinion there was a constitutional right for abortion. Of course, that was overturned last uh, summer by the Dobbs decision. You want to feel old? I'll make you feel old. 18 years ago, that's how long ago it was that Johnny Carson, the host of The Tonight Show for many, many years, passed away from complications related to emphysema. A quick look at your weather forecast. Clear skies tonight, a low of about 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high near 55. Tomorrow night, clear skies, a low of 31. The rain comes in on Wednesday with a high near 65. A chance of rain is 90% on Wednesday. Wednesday night, the rain ends and a lot of clouds. Um, chance of rain, uh, well, it, it, the, the rain will take, go, take us into the night, but uh, somewhere overnight, uh, the rain will... Uh, ebb away it is uh, national pie day today it has been a while since i've had a uh, pie i love pie my wife is trying to keep me thin just saying honey i love pie um so last week they had the big world economic forum over in davos switzerland 
the big thing that they were talking about over there was climate change and how we need to reduce the carbon footprint. This is rather ironic. I think this is the epitome of irony. So the conference takes place. How do people get there? 150 private jets flew in to airstrips that were nearby Davos, Switzerland. 150. Private jet travel, according to Fox News, is by far the most carbon-intensive mode of transportation. They're about 10 times more carbon-intensive than commercial airplanes, 50 times more than carbon-intensive than, tra than trains, according to a 2021 report from the group Transport and Environment. The flight data broadly showed that private jets traveling to the region from various cities around Europe and other parts of the United States and Asia. For example, a January 15th, on January 15th, a Gulfstream G650 jet traveled, now this actually happened, traveled from Salt Lake City, Utah, to a small airstrip two hours north of Davos. The nine-hour flight burned an estimated 44 metric tons of carbon, according to an emissions calculator created by the firm Paramount Business Jets. By, so 44 metric tons just from that one individual or a couple of people if they're on there, but one private plane. By comparison, the average person worldwide has an estimated carbon footprint of four tons. So somebody traveling to Davos they use up 44 metric tons of carbon compared to the average person out there for the whole year, four tons. Meanwhile, the World Economic Forum conference's agenda focused on the environment issues like climate change, achieving net zero ambitions. We heard from uh, the likes of John Kerry and foaming at the mouth Al Gore, scream, Al Gore screaming at individuals screaming at individuals. And listen, both those jokers flew in private planes. You talk about hypocrisy. Oh, my gosh. You know, if I mean, Bill Gates, he thinks there's too many people on this earth. Bill, why don't you leave? Put your money where your mouth is. Why don't you leave? Did you hear about this? There was a boat of migrants 50 foot long sailboat crammed with migrants from haiti it was intercepted by the coast guard the united states coast guard a 50 foot boat 400 to be exact 396 migrants were on this boat 396 migrants on a 50-foot sailboat. I mean, listen, they all would have to remain standing shoulder to shoulder for the entire voyage. I mean, they ought to be very thankful that they didn't tip over, capsize, and all drown. No further details, but wow, what a mess. Five six one eight two five five. Who do we have on the line? Hello. Good afternoon. Who do we got here? You with us? Hey. Yeah. How you doing? 
Oh, Sutton, I'm doing well. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to you, my man. Well, Happy New Year to you, sir. Hope you're having a great yeah. year so far. Now, what you gonna do about what you gonna do about them 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 John Brown documents they found about Biden and Helen Biden been using all over since he was congressman and everything to to get money? What you what you gonna do about that? What am I going to do? Uh, well, I'm just sort of sitting back and enjoying the show, to be honest with you. The question is, what is Joe going to do, and what is the DOJ going to do? And here's the other question, Sutton. Who do? You, where else are they going to find it? Now, you know, this last weekend, he usually goes to his home in Wilmington, but they were, you know, scouring the home. So instead, he went to Rehoboth Beach, where he's got a beach house. Now, the question is, was he at the beach house cleaning up, making sure there weren't any documents there? I, I Frankly, I'm, I'm shocked that the FBI didn't say, no, you stay in the White House this weekend because we're going to go. I mean, listen, if this, was, if this was Donald Trump in the same situation, oh they would have said, you don't move. You stay right there in the White House. We are going to go invade your Rehoboth Beach home just like they invaded Mar-a-Lago. And they and Joe Biden wouldn't have had a, a choice in the matter. Now I have no clue whether there's documents at uh, the beach house or not, but I would think there probably is. <laughs> they probably document everywhere. He and Hunter been making money ever since he was in Congress. Him and his family. They need to raise. They need to raise his brother house. They need to raise all of them house. And you know what? They probably do try like they try to do a clean sweep, but they always leave something left behind. Oh yeah, you know when you they deal when you behind. when you're honest and you deal in truth, you don't have to worry about your story. Don't have to worry about yeah. it. Yeah, if you deal, yeah, he, exactly. He he ain't worried. He said he feel good about it and all that, but ah, come on, man. But <laughs> in, in the way he got the DOJ in the pocket, how in the world are they gonna let his his private lawyers go through his stuff before they see it? Well, hey, that's when you're when you got a D by your name. Uh, you know, the, 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 the saddest thing is how complicit the DOJ and the FBI are in all this. It's 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 really sad. You know, I, I think the DOJ, you know, obviously the DOJ, the attorney general has always been appointed by the president. And obviously the president has a relationship with that person that he appoints. So the, the attorney generals always, regardless of the president, they're always going to have a little bit of a favoritism towards the president. But this guy is taking it mm -hmm. to new heights. Although Eric Holder, remember uh, uh, Obama called Eric Holder his wingman which is You're totally right. inappropriate, but uh, Merrick Garland is doing the same thing. Uh, but, the, right. but the fact that the, the FBI, the, the American people have lost so much confidence in the, in the FBI, it's, yeah. it's beyond the pale. And I'll tell you one thing, too. Trump appointed Christopher Ray, and he always, I don't know, Trump put him in there, Trump appointed him, and once he got in there, he like he'd been balanced against Trump from day one. He just flipped right over or something. Yeah, that was that was not the uh, best uh, choice that Donald Trump had. Yeah, but you know, here's the problem: is you know, as president, Donald Trump or whoever the president is, they're relying on other people. You know, they, they have That's some right. confidence in somebody else's opinion, and somebody mm -hmm. told him, "Yeah, Christopher Ray, he'd be a good pick." And Donald Trump obviously didn't know the guy. Yeah, if he, he did, he wouldn't have picked him. No way. Yeah, he won a politician. That was his first rodeo in that in that arena. So. It would, what it would. But anyway, my man, I sat here listening to you. Y'all be blessed and keep up the good work, okay? Thank, good to hear from you, Sutton. Right. Thanks for the call. You too. Speaking of the FBI, this was a, a story that uh, looks like the New York Post broke this story. Uh, they're covering it in a number of media outlets, conservative media outlets.
There's a guy named Charles McGonagall. He's a former FBI agent who led the Trump-Russia investigation. Uh, I think this is called poetic justice. Now, I mean, we're going all the way back. This goes all the way back to when the FBI made up stories and ran with stories that, you know, Trump had some deal with some Russian bank. I mean, this is this is not recent Russian collusion stuff. This is the original Russian collusion stuff that sprang up even before the election. This is when Hillary tried to take down Donald Trump to make sure that she won that 2016 election. Well, this guy, Charles McGonagall, has been arrested for agreeing to provide services to a billionaire Russian oligarch by the name of Oleg Deripaska. Uh, again, this is what you call poetic justice. Uh, McGonagall led the Bureau's New York City Counterintelligence Division between 2016 and his retirement in 2018. He was arrested Saturday night at the JFK airport. Sergei Shatakov, a court interpreter was also uh, who also worked for the oligarch Deripaska, was arrested the same day at his home in Connecticut. They both previously worked for Deripaska to attempt to have his sections, uh, sanctions removed. And as public servants, they should have known better, said U.S. Attorney uh, Damian Williams. Both men were scheduled to be arraigned in Manhattan federal court earlier this afternoon. McGonagall, 54, and he's, why would, if 54 years old and you retire in 2018, so he retired at age 50. Might, must be nice work if you can get it. Um, McGonagall, 54, is also charged in a separate indictment, indictment out of Washington with concealing payments of $225,000 in cash from a former member of Albania's intelligence service. Under federal law, McGonagall was required to report to the FBI contacts with foreign officials, but prosecutors allege that he hid from his employer that he pursued business and foreign travel that created a conflict of interest with his law enforcement duties. McGonagall also served as the Cyber Counterintelligence Section Chief in Washington and was one of the first FBI agents to learn that a Trump campaign official claimed that the Russians had dirt on then-Democratic presidential, uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, which then triggered the investigation that continued all the way into the Trump presidency. The 21-page New York indictment against McGonagall states that while employed by the Bureau, he received then-classified information that Deripaska would be included on the list of Russian oligarchs with close ties to the Kremlin sanctioned by the U.S. after Russia invaded and annexed Crimea in 2014. Deripaska, the founder of the aluminum giant Rusal, was added to the sanctions list in 2018, April of 2018, with the Treasury Department noting he has been investigated for money laundering and has been accused of threatening the lives of business rivals, illegally wiretapping a government official, and taking part in extortion and racketeering. There was also allegations that Deripaska bribed a government official, ordered the murder of a businessman, and had links to a Russian organized crime group. In 2017, McGonagall met with Albania's prime minister and urged caution in awarding oil field drilling licenses in the country to Russian front companies, a decision which his Albanian contacts had a financial interest. 
McGonagall also allegedly caused the FBI's New York office to open a criminal lobbying investigation into in which the former Albanian intelligence official was to serve as a confidential human source without revealing it to the FBI or the DOJ that the man had paid him. McGonagall is charged with four counts conspiring to violate and evade U.S. sanctions, money laundering, conspiring to commit money laundering, and conspiring to violate federal law. He faces a maximum of 80 years in prison. Uh, I think this is called poetic justice. So this guy was one of the guys that uh, took the trumped-up ridiculous charges that everybody knew from the, I mean, every conservative looked at that and said, come on, come on. But the FBI, they were willing participants in the let's take down Donald Trump game. And uh, guess what? You know, you, what, you, you play with the pigs in the mud and you're going to come out stinking. Just saying. We got to take another time out. Stay with Ultra high inflation. And it's my top domestic priority. To ultra high cost of living. I know you gotta be frustrated. I can taste it. It pays to be ultra well informed. We're throwing money away like drunken sailors. I'm so pissed off. When you join the conversation. We're just printing more money, which adds to inflation, which destroys the American family. And that makes me sick. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. And Benny will be back tomorrow. By the way, mark this uh, down on your calendars. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Of course, tune in anyway. But at 530, we're going to be having um, Phil Graham, the former congressman from Texas. Uh, he has written a book uh, just basically on the myth of inequality in uh, the United States. Um, Phil Graham served six years in the U.S. House of Representatives, 18 years in the U.S. Senate. He was chairman of the Banking Committee. Uh, he was author of the Reagan Budget in the House and Landmark Budget and Banking Legislation in the Senate. He has taught economics at Texas A&M University. He's published numerous, numerous articles, and uh, he uh, has written his book, Phil Graham, Robert, Oakland and uh, John Early wrote Praise for the Myth of the American Inequality. Um, a good book, and we're going to be talking to him about it. There is so much fiction taking place right now in the United States. Uh, we mentioned uh, a review of this book about a week ago from the Carolina Journal. And when I read the review, I thought, I'd, I'd really like to get uh, Senator Graham on with us. And he has agreed to come on tomorrow. Uh, the myth of American inequality shows that the dream of American prosperity is very much alive. Uh, the socialists in this country who want to make everything perfectly equal. I mean, just to give you an idea, when uh, you have a socialist come along like Bernie Sanders and screams and hollers and foams at the mouth telling you that there is, you know, the, that the average uh, well-to-do individual that might be in the top five percent ten percent is more than 16 times richer than the bottom 10 percent well when they calculate those numbers they do not include things like snap cards things like uh, uh the government helping out uh, subsidizing mortgages or subsidizing rent those kind of things uh, they do not uh calculate in medicaid 
Uh, so you, you're getting a false narrative. And when you have, uh, you know, there was uh, some child credit thing that uh, Joe was trying to get through. And he said, you know, even if we get this through, it won't make any difference. It won't make any real difference to the uh, disparity between the rich and the poor. Well, he's right. It wouldn't because the government doesn't count it. We'll talk to Phil Graham tomorrow about that. Um, yesterday, Donald Trump endorsed North Carolina GOP chair Michael Watley to be the RNC co-chair. This would be the national deal. Uh, Watley has Trump's complete and total endorsement, according to a Trump email. What's interesting about this is um, Rona McDaniel, who's been on this program before, she is supposed to be the chairwoman. She'd be the head honcho of the RNC. Uh, speculation is that she will be reelected, although she does have competition this year. Uh, and quite frankly, I think there's a good argument that she needs to be replaced. I mean, what happened in this last election wasn't anything to be proud of. Uh, the number two person is a guy named Thomas Hicks Jr. That would be who Michael Watley would be replacing. Uh, the vote for this is on Friday. I tried to get uh, Chairman Watley on with us this afternoon, and his spokesperson texted me back and said he's not going to do any interviews until after, after the vote on Friday. Uh, I didn't even know he was vying for this position, but he is out in California right now where the vote is going to take place. So it sounds to me like, yes, he would like to go ahead and assume this position. Just saying. Uh, Daily Signal and a number of media outlets are reporting that Vice President Kamala Harris, a.k.a. the constipation woman. I mean, this woman, we're going to play an audio clip. And before we even get into the content of the clip, which is outrageous. I mean, a lot of it is word salad, but whoever said this woman could ever deliver a simple address? I mean, a high school kid would do a better job than this woman. She reads every phrase and it's, it's broken up into phrases. She, she is the most uninspiring individual I've ever heard as a public speaker. I, I don't know who the worst, well, I know who the worst vice president is. I don't know who the second worst vice president is, but they couldn't have been any worse than, uh, <laughs> they had to be a whole lot better than Kamala, let me put it that way. So Kamala Harris was in Tallahassee yesterday, Tallahassee, Florida, 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And uh, the monumental Roe v. Wade uh, deal, as I said earlier, was turned over last summer in June of 2022 by the Dobbs decision. So she tries to justify abortion by referencing the Declaration of Independence. Listen carefully how she, I would say, deliberately, it could have been stupidity, but I don't think so. I think this was very, very deliberate. Now, she, she probably didn't write it. She had somebody else write it for her because it's very obvious that this did not come from the heart. She was reading every word of this. So this is what Constipation Woman said yesterday about abortion rights and how the Declaration of Independence give us those rights. Cut two. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each 
endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. And it is that freedom and liberty that enabled generations of Americans to chart their own course and decide their own future with, yes, ambition and aspiration. Therein lies the strength of our nation. And since our founding, we have then been on a march forward to fully realize our promise to complete the unfinished work to secure freedom and liberty for all. Get that woman some X-lax. Uh, rather convenient. She's trying to she's trying to promote abortion. So what does she leave out when she talks about how you know, the, the Declaration of Independence guarantees liberty and the pursuit of happiness? Uh, there was one key word there, Kamala. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How convenient that you happen to leave out when you're pushing pushing abortion. You change the wording of the Declaration of Independence. Life. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, when you, when you want to justify killing, want to take away the right to life, well, go ahead and just go ahead and change the Declaration of Independence. No big deal. Interesting, at the end of the clip, I don't know if you picked this up as well, um, she is interested in freedom and liberty for freedom and liberty you know, there's usually a third word that goes along with that. Justice. Justice. There's no justice for aborted babies. There's no life for aborted babies. You know, the, again, the progressives, they're all about hope and change, and they hope to change the very Declaration of Independence. Uh, Twitter users were all over her. Uh, Lauren Bobbitt said, hey, VP, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Matt Whitlock, a GOP uh, operative, said, quote, this point is obvious, but when the right to life blows up your message so bad that you have to pretend it doesn't exist, then maybe your message isn't very good. By the way, Harris also went after Ron DeSantis during this speech. She said, can we truly be free if so-called leaders claim to be, I quote, on the vanguard of freedom while they dare to restrict the rights of American people and attack the very foundations of freedom. She was, she was after uh, DeSantis. She was after DeSantis because he said, we are going to operate in the state of Florida. Now, DeSantis immediately turned around and said, whoa, whoa, uh, wait a minute. Um, and he pointed out the fact that to get into this speech, you had to present and ask uh, um, a verification that you've been vaccinated. Yeah, I'm not kidding. But she's all about freedom. Do whatever you want, except make sure you obey the government. We we're we'll be right back. Got to take another time out. 
back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. When you didn't think it could get any crazier, it does. Fox Business is reporting that Bill Gates, uh, it's hard to believe this guy was this smart, and yet at the same time can be this crazy. Um, Bill Gates wants to uh, stop gas, methane emissions from cows. I'm not kidding. Uh, This is going to help curb climate change. Uh, The Microsoft co-founder and billionaires reportedly backed an Australian-based startup looking to stop cows from burping and doing other things that would emit methane emissions, uh, pouring funds into research around livestock and food supplements. According to a press release, Gates' firm Breakthrough Energy Ventures, with participation from Harvest Road Group, raised $12 million for Rumen 8, a climate technology company, Rumen 8 Studies Solutions to Reduce Livestock Emissions, and their latest initiative identifies anti-methonic um, properties that can be found uh, to be produced efficiently uh, for low cost, eventually to feed livestock. And basically, they're going to take some sort of seaweed that they say you eat the seaweed and you don't get gas. <laughs> you can't make it up. I mean, and... Listen, why why are we worried about this? Again, you want to stop cows from Putin and burping, but yet your buddies over at Davos can fly in their private jets, 150, at least 150 of them, dumping out all kinds of carbon. And look, I don't care that you go in a private jet, all right? And do you think this is going to make one iota a difference when you look at India and China that are just pouring out soot into the skies and for that matter into the waterways hey thanks for being with us again uh, join us tomorrow 5 30 senator phil graham will be on with us to talk about uh, inequality in america it's a, it's a myth we'll talk about that tomorrow see you then bye bye everybody